Tuesday. It is January 26th, 2021. I'm Todd Brinker. This is Back from the Brink, and Aaron will be joining us momentarily. So um, there's a restaurant in Long Beach called Restoration, and it's kind of spelled like restaurant up until the the, the last R, rest tower, and then it goes Asian after that. So it's kind of cool. It's a mix of, you know, rest restoration and restaurant, restoration. Um, and during the recent lockdowns, they have continued to serve meals on-site, outside. They have a patio serving area, and they've continued to serve meals on the patio. Now, Long Beach has had a restaurants-must-be-closed uh, lockdown type of rule in place. And so as a result, the owner, Dana Tanner, has been receiving basically citations and the city upped the ante this last weekend. What they finally did on, uh, I think it was Sunday or Monday, uh, they shut off her gas. They posted a notice on the door of the restaurant, uh, a notice that said that uh, it it's uh, uh, removing or defacing this posted notice shall constitute a violation of Chapter 8.120 of the Long Beach Municipal Code. And it's essentially a posting saying that you're in violation of Chapter 8. Point one two zero of the of the municipal code. So, so she's in violation of the municipal code, and they're announcing that to her by telling her that this is now posted on her door, and if she takes it down, she's in violation of the municipal code. So I, I you know, she's already in violation of the municipal code. So if I were her, I might just take it down anyway. But I don't know. I'm not an attorney, so I don't know how dangerous, how, how bad that, you know, much trouble that gets you into. But essentially, the the posting says that this is to notify you that your city gas utility service will be terminated within the next 24 hours due to continued and repeated violations due to your business operating in violation of the Long Beach Safer at Home Health Order, pursuant to uh, Long Beach Municipal Code 8.20.030A. It's unlawful for any person after notice to willfully violate or refuse refuse or neglect to conform to any lawful city health order related to COVID-19, uh, to the COVID-19 local emergency issued by the Long Beach Health Officer and promulgated by the city manager in accordance with Chapter 8.120 of the Long Beach Municipal Code. And, uh, and then it goes on for a while talking about what they can do and she has a right to a hearing within five days and blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> her response was, um, to replace her gas water heater with an electric water heater to pull a tabletop fryer out of her storage and set up, uh, electric hot plates, essentially, uh, burners, electric stove, and then reopen the next day for brunch. So uh, it's very interesting. We'll see what's going to happen. I'm sure this will end up in court. Here's Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hey. So I was talking about um, about restoration, the restaurant in Long Beach that had been serving meals on their patio, even though the city of Long Beach had said that they weren't supposed to be doing that, that they're only allowed to do carryout. And uh, and they had been basically um, finding the owner and posting and giving her citations. And uh, Saturday afternoon, they showed up and shut off her gas. 
Oh, my God. And, and said, you are in violation. Her response, this is Dana Tucker, owner of the restaurant, was to go down to Home Depot and buy an electric water heater, uh, go to her storage and pull out her tabletop electric fryer, and she had some uh, electric burners, some, some like, you know, heating pad type, hot plate type things, and, and then sit down with her, her chef and rework their menu, and they open for brunch on Sunday. Said, you take, yeah, and I imagine if they say they're going to shut off her electricity, she will run a generator out back into her into her kitchen and say, we're open for business. I think she has just put her foot down and said, I'm not firing all my employees. I'm not sending them home. I'm just not going to do that. And so, um, yeah, and apparently her, I mean, she's been getting customers who are showing up saying, you know, the city can take it and shove it. So it's it's pretty interesting to see this battle going on. I suspect it's all going to end up in court, you know, and we're going to find out whether or not the city legally has a position to to do this. She's saying she's not violating any laws that 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 this is a state. The stay at home order is a an order by the executive and that they don't have the authority to to pass laws that that's done by the legislative. And so I'm not breaking any laws, you know. Basically, she's saying everything the executive says is an, is a suggestion as opposed to a, a, an actual law. Um, although I think that um, there's been some, um, uh, you know, like emergency powers acts given to to some executives, and I, I don't know what the deal is in in the city of Long Beach, but you know that might be a, a stick in her craw there. Does the government have the right to shut you down like that? And I. You know, yeah. do they have yeah. the they have the power to to force you to lay off all of your people? I mean, you know, I think yeah. this is an important lawsuit. I think we need some clarity I do too. here. Yeah, uh, and and you know, I mean, hers won't be the only one, but I think she's going to probably, like I said, I can't imagine this isn't going to end up in in court, and and it's going to get decided by the third branch of government, who will say, you know, you don't get. I. I Personally, you, you know, you've heard my responses. I don't think that the government should be allowed to pick winners and losers. You don't pick businesses. You pick, you know, you, you identify levels of risk and say these are the levels of risk. You know, so far it just seems like, you know, a group of people in a room somewhere said, well, restaurants are scary, dangerous, so we're not going to let you go to restaurants, as opposed to, like, there being actual science behind that or, or actually right. saying, you know, and restaurants. I mean, I've been to uh, you know thousand different kinds of restaurants and different sizes and shapes, and and some of them probably would be you know giant quagmires of of germs, and others are probably you know completely safe. It's just a matter of how they're laid out and what kind of air handling they've got. And you know, we're talking about patio dining here, so I don't know. Yeah, where they're not indoors. Right, they're not indoors even. This is she was doing patio service. Now, I know at least one restaurant here in, in Corona that's continued indoor dining even. But they have big plexiglass partitions in between booths, and they don't have any seating in the middle of the restaurant, just the booths around the perimeter. So, you know, I mean, it's they're, they're seating at, you know, less than a quarter of capacity probably. Um, but uh, but they're doing indoor dining, and, you know, nobody has shut them down yet. So I don't know if they're getting fined regularly. That's the other thing is that the, the enforcement of this seems very arbitrary. They've picked her. And they're picking on her, and she has been, you know, went to the papers and went to the news stations, and she got loud about it. And so they're picking back at her even more just because she, you know, she's a squeaky wheel. 
which well, I think she can she can also say she's been targeted probably. Yep, I'm sure she can. Um, and I and I hope that everybody who's made the decision to stand up to stay to stay open um, will stand with her. And yeah, because I don't I don't think the government has the right to tell you that, that you can't. And I you know pointing to the craft tables um, in LA County for uh, movie sets. They're eating in an outdoor environment. How the how in the world is that any different? Yeah, yeah. You're allowed to have a movie not. and have a craft services, right? Yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, it's like um, the thing is, is and and that's the problem when you're picking winners and losers in in terms of which businesses get to be open and which don't, is that you're going to have all kinds of of you know just conflicting. Um, uh, issues of reality here you're going like well how is this activity any more or less dangerous than that activity in essentially the same kind of space you know and so it's it's i don't understand how the politicians are digging in on this and 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 making this such a big and they're doing it literally you know the weekend before the state came back and loosened up all the rules so it just the timing is very suspect here um, well, and then uh, it'll become, you know, um, uh, you have to do it because I said so. That's just a power trip by the by the enforcement yeah, arm. Yeah. You know, the, I suppose the county could come in if they wanted to and take her take her uh, establishment, you know, like sh- shut her down for health code violations. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I just think it's all. I'm sick of it. I just think that yeah. we need to open up. And I don't think the government has the power to do what they're doing. Yeah. No, I hope that that should it you know continue to progress that her um, that her her uh, guests at the restaurant will show up and and be vocal as well. You know, I wonder, and I don't know anything about Dana Tanner in and in Long Beach, and I don't know you know anything about this restaurant other than I happened to see her on you know the news the other morning, and then read this article uh, shortly thereafter. Um, is she, has she been vocally uh, political in any way that maybe has made her a target as well? You know, does she? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. You know, I, I would be interested to see if she happens to be, you know, vocally espousing political opinions that are, you know, the opposite of those who are in charge. Because if that's the case, um, that would be another thing where she's clearly been targeted. I just don't know. Uh, I mean, for all I know, she has no presence whatsoever other than to market her restaurant and try to keep her restaurant going. I mean, everything that she says, all the quotes that she has, you know, just talk about being concerned about her employees and stuff. I mean, she says, uh, I've seen the damage that it does to people when you when they lose their livelihood, and I refuse to participate in that. Um, you know, I mean, that, 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 that doesn't sound political other than I care about my employees and I want to make sure that they still have, you know, food on their table and can make their rent and you know yep so Sounds like so a anyway being yeah so um i say uh next week we go down to uh, long beach for brunch oh that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah that would be awesome i have to look at the place and see if she's still there by that point yeah yeah yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean this this I could see this backfiring on the city and her having lines around the block now. People going like, you know, screw you. I'm going to go eat wherever <laughs> I want to. Exactly. Well, I know that there yeah. there are places with outdoor dining in Orange County. Lots of uh, mm-hmm. 
there 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 are enough people in Orange County who have said, you know, make me. Um, right. When it comes down to these comes to these shutdown orders, which you know yeah. I think is good. I think is I think is good. And you know, Tobin mm-hmm. and I went to a restaurant with outdoor dining while we were in uh, Orange County recently and had a lovely time and were yeah. at no risk. We were six feet six feet um, apart from the next table, so we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, too, the um, the uh, uh, California environment. Lots of restaurants have patio dining anyway, so you know they're all set up for it. And 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 then a lot of them have even expanded it by putting up you know tents and easy ups and and space in their parking lots and giving up some parking space for more seating to be able to do it outside. Um, I've driven by lots of restaurants and I see the tents out there, and it's like good for them, you know, good for them. I- I wonder how many bars are quietly open, meaning, yeah. you know, they've they've darkened their windows, but you know, you are they're they're it's speakeasy like a speakeasy. I wonder right. how many how much of that is happening. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to find out um, on my on not about the bar, but about my my barber. Um, their their windows are all taped over, and and it, they've got a sign up saying closed on the front. But I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that they're actually like you know. If you come in the back door or something, I'll have to figure out how, because I desperately need a haircut. Oh, my gosh. It's driving well, me nuts. Tobin's barber, Tobin's barber is open. Yeah. Well, especially so. since they, they went back to the, the, the you know, red, purple, orange, yellow, whatever, fuchsia yes. thing. Um, uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot more of those those businesses figuring out how they can do something within that sort of hierarchy o stuff you know but uh yeah i don't know it is 32 degrees outside wow wow that is winter for sure yeah and it's too cold to eat outside on the patio man yeah it's uh that that (laughs) is that is cold for southern california yeah I just checked here in Corona. It says uh, I, I don't have a thermometer that I'm looking at. I'm just looking at like the the local weather for my area, and it says that there's a frost advisory and it's 37 degrees and cool, ah, with a low of 36 of and a high of 56. Yeah, well that's that's about as local as you can get, right? So yeah, exactly. man, it's chilly. Be careful. There might be little uh, light icy patches out there. So I was driving slowly. There were some people who yeah. were driving fast, not. and <laughs> yeah. that's that's not. They're not the smartest people in the world because yeah, um, you could yeah. easily hit black ice. I'm in my driveway now, so I'm golden. Yeah, well, and they may have thought, "Hey, it's cold out," but not realized quite how cold it is. Um, yeah, you're probably not likely to go sliding off the driveway. So, <laughs> especially when it's in park and the motor's turned <laughs> yeah. off. One would hope. <laughs> Yeah, but you drive one of those hybrids. You can never tell when they're on or off or anything. Those, those oh, things it's are true. freaky. Those are freaky. I uh, I wonder, you know, that's something we haven't really dealt with is all these electric cars and stuff. As I think some states are starting to put some things in place saying that your electric car has to make some noise. <laughs> so they have to build a sound system on the outside of cars so that when they're driving, they sound like... me, 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 me. Or you know they could they could set off uh, alarms if yeah. you go to cross the street it'll something in your phone will detect whether there are electric cars within a certain radius. Yeah, yeah, or people or something you know. I yes. think they should make it sound like cats purring, so the car goes. Purr. 
<laughs> no. And if somebody gets too close, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the hiss. <laughs> All is good. All is good. They should use natural sounds like that, you know? I mean, I think we're, like, hardwired to react to those kinds of sounds. Like, a, a cat purring is just the kind of sound where you just want to go, oh, you just Aww. want to cuddle up. You want to just exactly. snuggle with them, you it's know? It's the happiest sound on the planet. Yeah, that or my dog snoring, which is hilarious. <laughs> I have a cat who snores. Yeah. She's got some respiratory issues. She's 14 years old. Yeah. Oh, and she's yeah, so of, cute. One of my puppies tends to... I mean, he doesn't snore so much as he's just a very heavy breather. <laughs> That's what you say when you're trying to be polite about the snoring, I guess, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's not really a snore. It's kind of just, you know, heavy breathing. He's very relaxed. <laughs> love my puppies. Love my puppies. Oh, I so, um... So we talked about the uh, Twitter guy or the uh, the My Pillow guy, and uh, uh, you know that was uh, interesting news. Another person battling against you know big business and government, and everybody's fighting for freedom. There's some bugs who are fighting for freedom too. After 17 years of being oh God, buried so in the ground. Oh God, I'm so glad we don't live in the east. Ooh. Yeah. And there's areas they actually have, they actually have, the people who follow them, like, have named certain groups of cicada. And so it's like, you know, oh, yes, that's the, that's the 17-year batch. Uh, that's the, um, you know, the, the Mayfundal group, you know, or whatever they call them. I, I'm making up Mayfundal. But, uh, uh, and they, they know, you know, that group's going to come out now. And after 17 years, the end of May through June, if you happen to live in the right place, uh, you will be deafened. Apparently, Brood X is the group brood that's going to be coming out, and this spring in 15 states. So it's a large brood. Um, Delaware, Georgia. <laughs> this is the Gen X of bugs. Uh, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Maryland, Michigan, North Carolina, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, as well as Washington, D.C. And uh, apparently, unlike the greenish annual cicadas, periodical cicadas are known for their black, thick bodies and red eyes. And uh, they will emerge in unison every 17 years. That's bizarro. It, it'll, it's just so strange. Uh, but it they is. will come and out it, of the ground and, and drive everybody crazy. There was a different kind of cicada that, that emerged after some time. Um, when our son lived in West Virginia and he talked about uh -huh. how loud they are and they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's loud and annoying. But uh, I suppose if you're a uh, entomologist, then it might be an exciting time. But yeah. So apparently they, they live sort of in a um, uh, uh, larval stage, in a worm like state. And live and eat off of the uh, roots of trees, and they stay down there for 17 years. And then, uh, when the temperature of the soil reaches 64 degrees, they all come climbing out, but only every 17 years. Sounds like a bad so movie, you, doesn't it? Yeah. So if you don't want them around, throw ice cubes out on your ground. I guess keep keep the ground <laughs> cold, and then they won't it won't warm up enough, and they won't come out. Yeah. 
I don't know. I always think when I think cicadas and stuff, I and I, I know it's not necessarily cicadas, but I get this this kind of, you know, down on the bayou next to the swamp kind of sense of, of you know, somewhere in the really deep south. Uh like the um, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ride at uh, at uh, Disneyland before you drop down to the pirates, right? You know, you're up floating oh, yes. around in the bayou, and you know the 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 bugs are making noises and the frogs are croaking, and you're sitting out there on a summer evening with a jug of moonshine, <laughs> waiting for time you know, to pass. There's a restaurant there, and I've always wanted to eat at that restaurant, and I never have. Mm-hmm. I don't remember until I'm already mm-hmm. at Disneyland. So next time I go, uh, you know, when Disneyland mm-hmm. eventually opens up again, um, I want to make reservations at that restaurant. I have not been at that restaurant, but my family has, and I am told that the Monte Cristo sandwich is fabulous because it's, it's kind of a French-themed restaurant, and, uh, and so they do a Monte Cristo uh, which is the fried sandwich, ham and cheese sandwich, fried and like powdered with powdered sugar on it or something. Ah, yes, and, I've never uh, had a Monte Cristo. Yeah, my daughters um, uh, both have a fondness for those. They would get them with their grandmother. There's a um, a little uh, cafe here in town that they would go to when they were younger, um, and they would get them with her. And I think so for them, that's sort of the you know a taste of youth. And when she, they see them on the menu, they want to, like, get one to compare them, you know? It's like uh, my dad's that way with um, uh, uh, chili rellenos. If he goes to any Mexican restaurant, he judges the restaurant on how good they make a chili relleno. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. For years, I used to go to Mexican restaurants and order carnitas. And it's like, how good are your carnitas? That tells me if you're a good restaurant or not. You know, you okay, got to get so something I... that's not, you know, a basic bean and cheese burrito. You can't tell everybody, you know, it's like bean and cheese and a tortilla. Roll it up. <laughs> you need something a little off, a little deeper in the menu than that. So carnitas, and is I love them. I, well, so I'm uh-huh. a fan of pork anyway. Not necessarily yeah. a fan of ham, but I absolutely mm-hmm. love pork. And that fried pork carnitas, oh my goodness, it's mm-hmm. so good. Now I want a carnitas burrito for breakfast. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be wonderful. Be hun- you're already home, unless you got unless you got it in the fridge. It ain't happening. No, and I don't eat it. I don't eat fried pork for breakfast. Yeah, as much as I'd like it. <laughs> Isn't that what bacon pretty much is? <laughs> yes. Oh, we had bacon this weekend. It was the first time I'd had bacon in forever because you know mm-hmm. I I had to give up my plant based diet because um, it just become untenable um, and. Uh, uh, bacon was good. It was so good, yeah. and I'm not. A, I, I don't. You don't need don't, a ton of it either. That's the nice thing about bacon. No, well, and you shouldn't because it's murder on your colon. So yeah. you should not eat any cured. You shouldn't have cured meats too often. Hmm. Yeah, probably not a good idea. But it's so good. It is. But it's it's such a powerful flavor that you you don't need a lot of bacon. You know, you, yeah. you can use bacon as sort of a condiment with your meal, and it just it, it that that'll work. You know, lots of salt, salt and stuff has been bacon too. You know, so it's just it's 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 so bad for you in so many ways, and yet it is so delicious. So so delicious. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, if you can't eat it because of religious reasons, boy, you're missing out. But <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh! Now I want pork for breakfast. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, 
you know, in Portland, Portland is such a screwball place. And I yeah, love speaking it. Speaking Pork, Portland. Yes. Portland is, is you know, it, it is a bastion of, of um, militant leftism. Right. Uh, and they've been having riots there, all, you know, for, for over a year now. Um, you know, in unrest and insurrection, not insurrection, but unrest and riots and that sort of stuff. Um, and the mayor, Ted Wheeler, actually made it like he pre he's prevented the police department, apparently, from using pepper spray on on demonstrators. But guess what this uh, uh, mayor decided to use on somebody who had confronted him verbally uh, while he yeah, was out he, with his family? <laughs> yeah. Shot him in with, with a face full of pepper spray because yeah, he did. He did. Yes. So one more example you know, of of the leading leadership elite thinking they don't have to follow the very rules they're making the rest of us follow. Yes, because we're just the little peons. Right. And, you know, they yeah. are. Which is what the guy who he sprayed was trying to point out was that, hey, you were in there eating with your mask off and you, you said we're not supposed to eat out in public and we're not supposed to be out without our masks on. And yes. he said, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's funny yeah there's a comedy show uh with fred armiston and carrie uh Brown, uh brownstein uh called portlandia yes and i saw an interview with armiston once armiston and he said that you know he debated about whether or not he uh could spoof the you know the the hipsters and 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 hippy dippy people there he says because everything that i try to do that's a caricature is not as weird as just what's really happening <laughs> he said it's, it's, it was it was i'm not sure we can actually make fun of this and he had that debate with writers and with people with producers before they actually decided to do the show because it was like i just don't know if we can pull this off <laughs> was, well, they these have a people saying in portland keep portland weird they like yeah. being weird yeah yeah so, yeah. Well, he managed to do it and won a Peabody Award at, while he was at it. So, uh, yeah. Is there he from go. Portland? I think he's from Portland. Um, is he? I don't know. Um, Fred Armisen. Let's see. He was. Uh, let's see. I think he actually. Uh, Portlandia. No, 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 no. Life and education. He's born in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Seriously? Um, oh, that's yeah, crazy. you know, and and he, his his partner girlfriend is Natasha Le Leone, and she lives in New York. So I think he actually works out of New York uh, and lives oh. there these days. Uh, huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I thought he did the show because he had an affection for the city where he grew up and wanted to to pick on it, but no. Yeah, he's got a Korean grandfather. Interesting. Oh. And his he thought he was, his grandfather was Japanese, but his father adopted a Japanese surname and persona in 1923 when he was a high school student because there was a massacre of Koreans, and so he just said, "Well, I'll I'll fake being Japanese, and then nobody will know." Wow. Wow. Interesting. 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 Yeah. So the Daily Wire is reporting, um, this is a, in a fact check, quote unquote, hitting Senator Ted Cruz, the left-leaning Washington Post admitted 
that Joe, President Joe Biden killed about 11,000 construction jobs on his first day in office by canceling the Keystone XL pipeline contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and the wall. Well, yes, yes. But the, the Post gave Cruz two Pinocchios for his statement asserting as much, noting that the jobs killed are construction do- jobs are therefore temporary because Cruz didn't include that the jobs were temporary and not permanent. Uh, this, he was supposedly misleading the public. That's what the post rationalized. Isn't every but, construction job, isn't every construction yes. job, ter- when you're done building it, then you move on to the next thing. I mean, yes. that's stupid. Of course it's temporary. Yes. That, that's, and and that's, that, was, that was Ted Cruz's response. Well, of course it was temporary. It's a construction job. Exactly what you yeah. just said. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Your and point that is? And that, and that warranted two Pinocchios? Come on. Yeah. Well. Ted Cruz warrants a Pinocchio for just being Ted Cruz. But other than that, <laughs> I think he was yeah. right on this one. I mean, come he on. Was. Yes. Yes. Joe. Yeah. So, yeah, Joe Biden did kill those 11,000 jobs. I don't understand why he killed the the pipeline. I mean, I guess it's because oil Environmentalists have been against that pipeline from day one, and that's been a battle back and forth depending on who happens to be. Because it's a multi-multi-year thing to build out. They just take turns like canceling it and restarting it, canceling it and restarting it. I mean, it's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they'll keep doing that until until eventually it's either all torn down or or uh, or, you know, it gets finished. Like like now that the Democrats are in charge, I don't know if they're going to just stop work on it or are they going to actively go tear out what had been done thus far. That way they could get all those guys jobs back. They can now be tearing it all back down. Until, you know, Republicans get in charge again, then they'll start building it back up again uh, until somebody finally gets tired and said, let's go argue over something else. (laughs) Yeah. You know why? Because everything is stupid. Yes. Yes, it is. I've heard that before. A woman very wise once told me that. (laughs) Yes. Everything is stupid. Everything is stupid. Yeah, I you know it's like eh, all right. I suppose if my house was right in front of where they wanted to build and they were going to tear my house down and make me move, I'd probably have some feelings about it. But otherwise, it's like oh whatever, you know. I just you have don't, to be you able know, to move they, they, oil from point A to point B, and sometimes a pipeline makes more sense than putting it on trucks and driving it down the highway. Exactly. So. I mean, if they're concerned about the environment, this a pipeline in the long run has to be more environmentally sound than putting something, putting all of those gallons on, on the you know inside a, a truck and right. transporting it all those miles. Yeah, yeah. How, how much carbon are you putting into the uh, atmosphere driving that stuff around? You know. Um, but it, I think the environmentalists it, it, argue it's just that that's that it's oil. We should not be doing anything when it comes to oil. We should be looking That's for right. alternatives. Okay, fine, but we can't wish there's an alternative away and and not use what we have at our disposal now. Exactly. In and the it, meantime, I got to get to work in the morning. Exactly. You know, so yeah, I yeah I I mean, shoulda woulda coulda. You know, I think that it, if you got to get the oil from from where it's coming out of the ground into a refinery somewhere, a pipeline makes sense. I I know that it's not the prettiest thing to see moving across the landscape either, uh, uh, and and sometimes they've said that they you know be, that they cause problems for animals that are um, uh, migrating, but they can put bridges over and they can lift the pipeline up and have the animals go under. They did that with the Alaska pipeline, um, 
you know, it just it's there's ways to work around it. And I think, you know, sometimes you have to kind of say, okay, let's build a pipeline. Let's not block all the animals. Let's figure out ways every so often to have plate crossings for the animals to get under or over and and get the pipeline built. You know, you got to have compromises. You got to do both. Both sides have to be listened to. But that doesn't mean that you just sit on your hands and say, we're not going to do anything. Or we're in charge. We'll tear it down. We're in charge. We'll build it up. We're in charge. We'll tear it down. We're in charge. We'll build it up. Crazy people. That doesn't, that's not wasting money. Yay, government. So Florida has offered to host the Summer Olympics if Japan pulls out. Cool. Right? They said whatever precautions are required, we'll figure it out and get it done. Go Florida. <laughs> I like that. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what Japan's response that will, to that will be. Um, yeah. You know, because that would be if they're held elsewhere, you know, how does that make them? How will they take that? Will they see that as shameful? Yeah. Will they see that as they're being prudent? You know, well, I don't know how the Japanese will see that. Yeah, I don't know. I know that there's been talk about them, you know, like just skipping it and getting in line for the next available one, which is like 2030 or something like that, that hasn't been yet assigned and just like shift them to that one and just say, we're not going to do it at all. It's just, there's no safe way to do it, but I can see them saying that. And then the Olympic committee going, well, fine, we'll give you the 2030, but in the meantime, we're going to try to do something here, you know, or there or wherever, you know, I mean, quite frankly, it could be, you know, there's no reason that every sport has to be in the same town or the same place. They could be all over the world. You know, you could do soccer in one in one place. And, you know, and that way you don't have all the 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 athletes squishing into an Olympic village somewhere, um, you know, do swimming, you know, in, in Florida and do do soccer in in Rome and do, you know, I don't know, team handball in, in Yugoslavia because they're good at it. Um, yes, except Yugoslavia you know? hasn't existed for 30 years. Yeah, but they're good at it. i know what you mean yeah 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 you caught me i thought i'd slip that one through but no you caught me (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's you know you know the point is is that you know the, the the you don't have to have them all in one spot and yeah, there's something cool about having all of the athletes in one place. But when it's not prudent to do that, you know, I mean, let's face it: all of the soccer players, or all of the softball players, or all of the, um, you know, water polo players. It's not like they spend a whole lot of time hanging out with athletes from other sports. They're focused on their sport and 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 winning and doing the best they can. And so they're really focused on their group of people anyway. They might go see a few of the other games, but. You know, if they don't go see a few of the other games because they're in another location, it's not the end of the world. And if we can do that and do it more safely and have separate little bubbles for each different sport, why do they all have to be in one place? Yep. Yep. Or if they absolutely have to be in one place, make them quarantine before t- for two weeks before or three weeks, yeah. whatever makes sense, before the Olympics start. Then everybody who yeah. goes in is is um, checked out. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ticket. We solved all the problems. <laughs> they should just so, call us and you know send me the check. Want to compete? Yeah, you know, I, it's hard. You they they work so hard for to reach a particular, you know, to get ready for a particular event, and then to have that event moved. It's I mean, it's 
I'm sure it's hard for them. Yeah. Yeah, I know at the um, college level in, in um, uh, or not the college level, in the, in the high school level, the CIF uh, people, there's been a petition being signed and they're trying to get it, they're taking it to the governor, um, trying to, it's called the Let Us Play, uh, camp, it's a letter campaign, and uh, and there's a bunch of, of people signing on to it, and um, a lot of schools, athlete, athletic directors have sent it out to coaches and to parents and said, you know, send this forward say you know if they're able to pull off nba basketball and nfl football and it's like why can't we do it let our kids play they're all cooped up and sitting inside they need to get out and move around um and so uh there's a let us play um movement afoot and i guess uh, uh mission viejo high school football coach chad johnson is one of the co-founders of the program or of the plan and uh, and so yeah, he's, it's, there's a a petition. They've got over eight hundred thousand uh, participants in CIF, and and I don't know how many s- signatures they have on the petition yet, but uh, lots of people saying, "Come on, let's just get on with this." Yeah, so, I, I think I think we're going to continue to see people, you know, raise a voice that way. Join you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because stop already. You know, I mean, yeah. it's been it's been almost a year. Yeah. Yeah, it has. So, hey, I got a question for you. I heard today on the news just before we went on the air with the radio show that California has decided to throw out their plan for covid vaccination and go exclusively by age now. So they had oh. this plan and everybody sort of knew when it was their turn. And now they've said, forget it. Now we're going to just go by age. So at this point, if you're 65 and older, you can go get a uh, uh, vaccine. And I, I think they're going to drop it down to 55 this week or something like that. So, um, yeah. Huh. So so all of the categories that they had set up and the plans they had put in place about like, well, we're going to get it to seniors and, and people living in nursing homes. And we're going to get it to teachers and we're going to get it to nurses and doctors. And, you know, these people will go in this order based on what they do and what their risks are. Nap, nah, screw it. We're just going to go by age. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think they made it far too complicated. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it was funny because I was looking at the um, the who's allowed to and trying to figure out, like, well, which category do I fit into? Where am I? Am I 1A tier 2 or tier 3 or am I 1B or, you know, where am I? And, uh, yeah, I think probably a lot of people had that experience. So maybe it was better just to say we'll start with the oldest people and work our way to the youngest. Everybody knows how old they are. That's easier to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also easier to prove, right? I mean, you show up and you've got a driver's license or school ID or something. You know, I mean, you show up and you say, I work at a hospital. Well, where's your badge? Oh, I left it at home. Well, we're not going to vaccinate you. You've been standing in line for three hours, but that's okay. Screw it. Go home. Wow. <laughs> no. Yeah. But then no. they've been doing that. Sometimes they have. The thing is, it's been really arbitrary. Some people they have, some people they haven't. People show up without appointments. In some places, you'll get the vaccination anyway. In other places, they'll send you home going, nope, sorry. We've got to make sure we have enough vaccinations for people who have appointments. And then those that have given it to other people, they get to the end of the day, you know, and the later appointments, they say, sorry, we don't have any vaccines because we ran out. So, you know, you have to book again. Oh, that sucks. So, I mean, it's just been, it's just been a, a mess from the beginning. 
from beginning to end the the rules and 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 human nature about like you know I, I will bet you money that if you are related to somebody who's one of the people been giving shots that you could go get a shot whether you were supposed to yet or not and then gosh gee sorry to the guy who's at the end of the line at the end of the day because you know you were we ran out sounds like a third world country doesn't it it does it does absolutely if you have to have a, a res- if you have to have a, an appointment then shouldn't they know how many appointments they have versus how many doses they have? Yeah. How on earth do you not have enough doses for, for people when they have appointments? You know, that should all be, exactly, that should all be absolutely foolproof. You right. Know? We've got 13 vials here to vaccinate 13 people. Let's make 23 a, a, a reservations and then give the first two to a couple friends who don't have reservations at all. See what happens. We'll just... <laughs> We'll we'll just blame the system. The system was messed up, man. I don't know. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. We're lucky there haven't been riots at vaccination places. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Trucks being hijacked. Give me all your vials, man. (laughs) Black market for COVID vaccines. That said, there's also plenty of people who are going like, I'm going to just wait a little bit longer and see what happens to everybody who's gotten the vaccine before I decide I'm going to do it, you know. I don't want to, like, six months later find out everybody's growing an extra elbow out of their left ear. Uh, just wait. So the thing about it, though, is, you know, with, with, with all of this chaos, how are people getting their second doses on the, at the right, on the right schedule, yeah. right? You know, yeah. are they not getting second doses because they don't want to wait in line five hours again? Yeah. Well, and in fact, I have found uh, I, I, one of the things I was reading is that uh, the, uh, the uh, FDA has come out and said, well, you know, if you don't get it within the three or four weeks, depending on which one you got, as long as you get it within like six or seven weeks, you're probably still fine. You know, <laughs> sort of like, oh, that's a uh, uh, reassuring type of message to send out. Probably yeah, still sounds, fine. Sounds legit to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is from the FDA. Probably still fine. <laughs> like, that sounds very scientific. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. So, so with that, we are at the end of at the end of our podcast today. Yeah, we are. Time's up. Thank you all for being here and for downloading our podcast. We appreciate it. We do have other podcasts available at Wakanda Broadcasting, uh, so you can check out that's W A C A N D A Wakanda. Uh, and uh, Wakanda Broadcasting, and we encourage you to check those out. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.